Welcome back to the Marvel Movie Minute, a daily podcast in which we assemble to explore the films of the Marvel Cinematic Universe one minute at a time. In this, our sixth season, we are looking at The Avengers. I'm Andy Nelson from the Next Real Film Podcast. And I'm Pete Wright, and this week we're assessing all the repaving that has to be done thanks to the Battle of New York. So much <laughs> repaving. Again, think about all those contractors. They are so welcoming all of this. Absolutely. <laughs> That's right. Today we're talking about Minute 106, which begins with the Quinjet taking aim and ends with ominous rumblings from the space hole. Back on the show from a few, week, a few weeks ago, we have Ryan Bennett from Black Earl Nerds. Ryan, hello. Hello. Thank you for having me again on Marvel Movie Minute Airlines. Uh, the landing <laughs> is a little rocky, but I heard we have three snacks, so I'm good to go. Thank you guys for having me back. <laughs> You are always oh welcome. Anytime we have uh, things in the air, we'll make Aircraft sure. Aircraft in trouble. You. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yes. Uh, this minute, of course, is dealing with the Quinjet and its crash. But before we get there, we're actually coming in as uh, Natasha and Clint, who are flying the Quinjet. They have circled up to the top of Stark Tower, and they have just spotted at the end of our last minute, Clint pointed out the battle, the fisticuffs between Thor and Loki uh, on the on the uh, patio, and uh, they take aim, and this is where we start. And so, okay, my first question, Natasha had already been in a Quinjet and attacked Loki when they were in Stuttgart in the plaza there. Mm -hmm. And I'm just wondering, like, based on everything there, should she know better than to use bullets at this particular point in time? Right, but that was Stuttgart. Like, <laughs> maybe she's just assuming there's a different sort of bullet field around New York that's different. She has to test, don't you think? <laughs> she's testing. <laughs> that was like an hour ago. <laughs> Well, I mean, does the Quinjet fire anything else? Like, I, I'm like, it's got to be doing something else other than this. <laughs> no, Andy, all the munitions creativity <laughs> is in Hawkeye's backpack. That's all the creativity <laughs> that there is in munitions. Oh, man. <laughs> it's, it I just was real, feel like in these yeah. movies, you have to just shoot for no reason. Like, you have to try to shoot. Like, if you're in yeah. a superhero movie and you don't shoot at the person where you know the bullets aren't going to hurt them, like, what are you even doing? Like, I feel like you got to yeah. do it at least once. That's right. I guess so. But it does certainly make me wonder, <laughs> could the Quinjet perhaps fire a, a missile? Or, like, I just don't know. It just, maybe, the, maybe as non-pilots. I mean, we have two people who know how to fly the Quinjet, who know how to at least use the gun and attack with that, but it does make me wonder, perhaps maybe they just don't know how to use any of the other weapons, and they don't want to just sit there pushing buttons. I love it that that's what your headcanon does, is that suddenly they can't fly. <laughs> that must be why. They, can't, they just, what is that switch over there? Let's not push it. <laughs> <laughs> you know it does make you wonder it really does that's funny uh, uh, well you know i you know i think maybe it's because they oh god things that you are about to say and can't say with a straight face maybe they think a missile andy would be too destructive 
Well, this is another. Well, this is actually another question I had. If they had launched a missile and knocked out either the entire tower again, knowing that they probably didn't want to do something like that in a film taking place in New York City anytime after September 11th. But still, if they had, and if they say they had just blown the top of it off and the entire top of Stark Tower had fallen to the ground, would that stop the Tesseract or would it keep going and it just, wherever it lands, it's just now kind of blasting the, uh, the portal in a, wherever it ends up pointing? That's actually a really good question. Yeah, that is. I yeah. should like to see that. It just yeah, falls. Like you just, and the, you just the, shave thirty minutes yeah. off the movie, <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> and the just glorious shot of like the blue beam now, you know, falling through the air and shooting the space hole inside of buildings, and yeah, it would be great. I would like to see that. I'd like to see the gaping maw monster come out of a bus. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh. Yeah, it's I mean, it's a it is a strange little thing. But, you know, it is it is. These are the questions that you end up having as you're watching this minute, minute at a time. You you actually provoke a bigger question, which is, come on, you guys, like you can still tie into Stark Tower, but put the space hole generator on the ground like this seems now all of a sudden extraordinarily risky putting it at the very top of this stupid tower, especially because everything coming through. When they pop through that hole, they are flying vertically straight down. And that just doesn't seem like a start, a smart way to kind of start your journey. Yeah, this is bad news. <laughs> I'm not sure where it goes, but I don't think it ends well. Yeah. Well, here's another question. So earlier in Stuttgart, again, going back to Stuttgart, Natasha was incredibly adept at avoiding Loki's blast from his scepter. Uh, she she tips the wing and and dodges the blast is the reason it gets hit now because clint is flying or is it perhaps because it's just closer any thoughts oh i have thoughts about clint being okay to fly i think we've <laughs> talked about this before i think he is not well enough to be behind the stick and you just pointed out why because there's <laughs> like natasha is just better what is she doing supporting this kind of vagrant piloting behavior so what you're saying is clint should actually be in his um medical gown through this whole battle yeah. he <laughs> yes at a minimum <laughs> he's dealing with a serious concussion at a minimum like he should be constantly check she should constantly be checking his dilation of his pupils like there's just no way he should be in the field let alone going <laughs> up against an interstellar uh army yeah, perhaps if he would have aimed on the other side, it would have been better, you know, taking an effect of his medical condition. But I mean, you got to share the responsibilities. I mean, both of them are just like they're not really licensed pilots. You know, what are we going to do here? You got to share the responsibility of who's going to pilot this aircraft. Right. Exactly. This goes back to that conversation we had about Fury, where it's like you don't want to just be the best at one thing. You want to be really good at a bunch of things. Yeah. And so this is like They've kind of peaked out as far as their mm -hmm. their ability to actually do well with a Quinjet. <laughs> <laughs> and this is their cool moment. I mean, they don't have, they can't like Hulk out or, you know what I mean? Like they got to have some kind of like airborne moment to give them like a little bit of like clout. Like I'm looking down on you PD people for just a little bit, even though they're gods. <laughs> it's the, but, but I, so I'm okay. I'm just trying to, to understand what you're saying. Are you actually giving them credit for crashing the Quinjet? Yes, 
it would not be right if I didn't give them credit for crashing this Quinjet. This is my role in entering the show right now. I'm giving them the props. Rooting for Listen, the underdog. They don't have a lot to offer right now when it's time for these guys. You got Thor and you got Loki fighting right now. So they do not have, you know what? You got to do something. Like you got to get bigger than life where you're going against two guys. So you got to do something. I'm not saying they're helping, but they need their shining moment. <laughs> well, to that end, you're right. They do a pretty good job of navigating the uh, the Quinjet with just one of its engines working yep. all the way down. Uh, they actually fly around. So I was trying to map this out <laughs> as I was like, as I want to do when I'm doing this crazy show. It's cartography with Andy in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Here we go. Exactly. Yes, they fly down from... Stark Tower, and then they come around, uh, like right down the front of kind of across Grand Central Terminal and around some of those buildings there. So they end up at 39th Street. There's a building right there. Like when we see that shot of them coming through, uh, between like past a building, we see a couple tall buildings behind it, and then eclipse a building, uh, next to it. They're at like 39th Street and Park Avenue. And they clip that building right at the corner, and then they turn left up Park Avenue, and uh, they crash in the plaza at 101 Park Avenue. And uh, it's on the there's a plaza right there on the 40th Street corner that they crash into. And so they do a pretty good job, largely, of kind of navigating around, considering they're having there's not much there. So I mean, I guess maybe that is part of their superpower is navigating a crashing plane. Yeah. Yeah, I think they have to be. <laughs> they have to be lauded for something. <laughs> just give it to them. You just got to give it to them. And of course, we do get. We do get. This is the. I always think about this because I think this is the first. Uh, th- I think this is the first time we actually see some real pavement destruction. And I just all I can imagine is the building manager standing inside the building like, oh, that's going to cost a fortune to repave that plaza. Like, it just (laughs) feels like that's the first heartburn. And it's like, just if only you knew what's going to happen in 60 seconds, uh, as the place is just completely destroyed. But that makes me laugh a little bit. If it were another movie, you could actually put that in there. There's uh, they really tear that place up. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, right up until they hit the 101 uh, uh, building right there as they come to a complete stop. I did make a note, and I thought this was kind of funny. As they are coming down, they pass a building. As they turn up Park Avenue, they pass uh, 99th Park Avenue, which is a, a building there. And we actually have a shot from inside the building as we see a couple people who are working in the building watch the Quinjet come like (laughs) flying by (laughs) as it's flaming down. And I just uh, made a note. I'm like, okay, who could these people work for? And so here are a few businesses in this building. And I I thought, okay, this could be who they work for. They could work uh, as real estate agents at Keller Williams NYC or Focus Real Estate or Carol Castle Real Estate. They could also work in Milberg Factors uh, Financial Institution or Manpower Recruiter or Flushing Bank or Numerics or even Tariq Law. Wow. Yeah. Impressive. That's impressive. That is impressive. That's a, there's a broad range of uh, <laughs> white-collar jobs. <laughs> We're going to see a lot of those this week. Yeah, I just, you know, right. <laughs> when they're here, I got to point them out. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I hope it's real estate. Maybe they can find a new building because that's that's, right. that's that's pretty sad. Like they really just tore down that whole like. Can you imagine, like, I hope you're already set up to do hybrid work, right? Like, you're just like, the next day you're like, all right, cool. Just going to stay in an apartment. That's good. You know what? That's cool. I just can't imagine just sitting there. Like, you, maybe you came back from lunch or whatever. You just sit there like, okay, so it's just two Avengers and, a, and an aircraft coming straight at me. Like, what is happening right now? Right? Yeah. Well, and this is something that we've uh, been talking about since really the start of this show. Anytime there's a big fight, generally... Passersby or onlookers, they just come to the building's windows and look out. They don't go, hmm, maybe now I should evacuate. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I think that's really funny. Yeah. They're always just like, let's go to the window and watch what's happening. (laughs) Probably not the best. That, that's, we're going to come back. We should, we should put a pin in that because we're going to come back to that uh, later in this, I don't know, final. (laughs) massive series of destruction where we have some real questionable uh, onlooker behavior. Super questionable. Yeah. I mean, some people on the ground are running, but generally it's it's like if you're on the ground, you run. If you're in a building, you go to the window and watch. That seems yes. to be the general plan. But e- even in non-MCU films, like in the Godzilla versus Kong, like that whole franchise of films, People would oh, let's go look at the window. I think there's a giant monster out there. Let's go see what, what it's doing as it walks up the, the street toward us. <laughs> God. Yeah. Um, all right. So they crash the Quinjet into the plaza here. And just to point out, because a lot of this was filmed in Cleveland, this was actually one of the scenes that was filmed here in New York. So I'm not exactly sure where the line is, but my hunch is when we see um, the plaza itself, that's New York. When we see them running out into the street to look up the street toward Grand Central Terminal, my hunch is that's also New York. And I think when we cut to a reverse shot of the three of them as as they turn their heads up and look up, I think that's in Cleveland. Um, that's just my hunch, but uh, it looks like a Cleveland shot. <laughs> the sky. <laughs> it just looks like the Cleveland sky, right? It's <laughs> an air quality. It's very Cleveland. Just so Cleveland. <laughs> uh, um, so the Quinjet crashes and our three heroes, we have Clint, Nat, and of course, Steve, who, who has been riding in the back, like, you know, it's a little roller coaster or something. I like how he just grabs the strap and buckles in, holds on tight. Uh, he, they, they make it off. Now they run out into the street. We see Nat and Clint, um, pull their headsets off, unbuckle and head out. The back opens and, and Steve is the first one to run out. The Quinjet's kind of at an angle. And uh, this is a shot. I don't know why, but every time Steve runs out and he's in his, you know, little spangly costume, there's something about his movements here that always looks awkward, and I just never actually buy it. Like, it just looks like an actor in a silly costume running out of a fake plane. Do you know what it is, Andy? It, it's, it's not even, to me, it looks exactly like him running on stage at the USO show. Yes! <laughs> that, I totally get it. I absolutely get it. It feels like he's he's forgotten that now it's a real fight and not uh he's not going to be holding up the motorcycle with all the dancing girls. <laughs> Were you a fan of all the uh the USO show tour scenes in Captain America? No. 
I, I did not like it. I'm just like, I don't, I don't like it. Because you, you knew, like, you knew he was just wasting time. You're like, this soldier is just like built to capacity. You have all these people in prison and they're like, we're wasting like 30, waste like 30 minutes of this film watching this dancing. You know, he's going to, we need him to save the hero. Like, what are we doing right now? I did not like, I was not a fan. I was like, what are, what are these women doing? I just, it was just, I don't like it. I don't like it. Cause I was just like, it was just a, like a waste of time. And I'm not a fan of like, you know, it's just the, the like women in the damsel in distress sort of thing. And you're waiting for the guy and it's just like, what is the purpose here? So I like that. I like him to take action because I knew what he was supposed to do in that movie. And you knew what he was going for. So I just felt like wasted. I was like, I don't want to see this. I don't know. So then what do you think of the way that he exits the Quinjet? Does it uh, does it remind you of those days or does it uh, does it work for you? Yeah, he does look like I will give like in this in this Avengers. He doesn't quite look like he always looks like he still doesn't really fit into things properly. Like he's still trying to figure it out in this in this Avenger movie. But I didn't actually notice the run. Now I'm going to be looking at it every time I rewatch this movie now. I didn't notice that until you pointed it out because I'm always looking for, you know, usually you're ready for him to hurry up and get out because, you know, the danger's not over. They just destroy half a block. Lock, but they still have stuff to get. So you wait for them to get out and take care of it. But it also points out the fact of, I mean, I guess um, they uh, they needed their shining moment, um, you know, having uh, uh, Clint here and everything. But I'm like, why didn't he try to do something to keep him? From, they took out like half a building. And I don't know. It just felt weird that he was just riding in the back as a passenger. Now that I think about it, now that you point that out, he just riding in the back. He lets them take out half of it. He's just like, okay, cool. Now I'm up. Let's go. <laughs> My turn. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's like, I just, it's so weird to me now that he was just like, so I guess he's just trying to get familiar with everything. Maybe he has an excuse for the first adventure movie. He's just trying to get familiar and comfortable still with all of his powers, I guess. But it just feels really weird that he was just sitting there. Yeah, he hasn't quite learned, like, how far he can jump out of things yet. Yeah, I think that yeah. That, uh, <laughs> perhaps in the later story, he would open the back and just hop out to go land on the top of a building or something and then do some parkour to get himself down to the ground level. <laughs> of course. In this film, it's just like, I'm just going to ride in the back until they're ready. Yeah, I'm like, and... what's the parkour? Clint and Natasha taking out buildings, people are looking, real estate agents are getting killed. <laughs> like, what are you doing, sir? Yeah, you're you not doing your reputation any good. We need a hero moment. Stat. Exactly. Come on. Right. But right. yeah, now I'm going to be looking at that run every time I watch this now. I'm like, I, I watch this movie so many times that I've never paid attention to that. Like, he's so, like, lanky and, like, trying to figure it out. It's, it's funny. It's something a little awkward, yeah. And what's what's even funnier, it, for, to me, when you watch that same minute, focus on the bystanders who are, to their all their credit, they're running in the right direction, which is the yep. way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but some of them you can tell were there on their set, and some of them are straight out of Grand Theft Auto. Um, <laughs> there are some... <laughs> definite some weird pacing running people (laughs) (laughs) run by that that don't fit and you know when you're just watching the movie they all look like they all look fine but some of there's a guy in a suit who has just had his camaro stolen right and he's so uh (laughs) nobody knows we need running training people nobody knows what they're doing in us run the right direction This is probably one of those days where, like, when you're an extra, you're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be in the background of this movie. Well, you know, hopefully I'll see myself. And then they put you in, like, a heavy suit, and you're going to be like, okay, take 27. Now run! <laughs> run! <laughs> take 42. Run! run! You're like, oh, God, why did, I, why did I agree to do this stupid thing? Why did I decide I didn't want to be an accountant? <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh my gosh, it's so funny. Oh my gosh, now I'm going to be looking at people running. Oh my gosh, I'm supposed to be paying attention to aircraft, not people running. Now that's all I'm going to see now. (laughs) There's one where, you know, my son on, I don't know, some TikTok video, we were uh, watching Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, and and he's just like, it's like right toward the beginning of the movie, and he's just like, okay, wait for it. Okay, see that guy who runs by? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, okay, just wait a minute. And then uh, we cut to a different, uh, different angle. And then the same person runs by, like <laughs> having like already covered that territory before. And my son's like, look, there he is again. <laughs> I'm like, oh, you're right. Yeah. And he's, he's not even like, running back and forth. He's just he's, running in the same direction. Yeah, it's just like, the, and you know, he saw it on some TikTok video or something. But it's funny that kids, like, they're now starting to pick up on these things because yep. of all these TikTok videos and everything. Yeah. And um, and that person, like, kept recurring over the course. It's when the giant squid thing was, was attacking um, in the city in the beginning of the movie. And uh, so, but it's funny because like it's these sorts of things that they're going to be noticing now, but you know, not this film, it will be, it'll be all those older films that they're going to, or those brand new films that they're noticing it in. So basically extras need to tighten it up, tighten it up. Extras <laughs> need to tighten it up. Exactly. The, um, so we pass an Acura. There's an Acura, Acura RDX right there that they run past as they're kind of getting out of the, uh, the area. And then they run up park Avenue toward grand central terminal and uh, it's a great shot. We see Grand Central Terminal like literally like right looming right in front of them. It's a great shot of it. What I love about this particular moment when we're seeing Grand Central Terminal is you can really see how parasitic Tony is with his destruction of the original building and uh, putting his building in place uh, instead of the MetLife building. Like there's just so much like the whole bottom half has just been completely uh, it's. I mean, the whole top half has been completely ripped off, and the bottom is all the cranes and and um, you know beams and everything as they're still trying to put the Stark Tower as they're still trying to put Stark Tower back in. But I, there's something really gratifying about seeing how parasitic Tony is in the way that he's choosing to put his tower in there. <laughs> Did either of you notice that? I mean, it's really noticeable. Like when we come up on Grand Central Terminal right there around 50 seconds, and you can see Met yeah. Life Building sticking out. And it's wide, <laughs> and then it's all like construction, and then Stark Tower is much narrower, sticking out of the top. It's just I find it so funny. I it's really funny that they leave it like I don't remember seeing this much like construction rubble earlier in the film. Like it's it isn't it strange that this hero moment is where we get it, and we're uh, one hundred and six minutes into the movie. Man, yeah, I don't know. It's 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 crazy. That is there are a lot of cranes. Yeah. It's like some serious work that they are doing as they, I'm assuming, I don't know, are they just, I'm wondering, are they reconstructing that part of the MetLife building to kind of like squeeze it in and like kind of reshape it? Or is it almost like, and this would be very Tony, to view it like, you know, like when uh, Michelangelo would view, as they would say, like stare at a piece of stone and could see the statue within you know, you that think whole Stark thing? Tower was actually inside MetLife all exactly. along. He sees it and he's just like, yes, yes, we'll just cons- reconstruct it from the top down. And as we go, we'll reshape, we'll, we'll find the, the, the Stark Tower inside and oh, go down. Like I didn't eventually. imagine you were such a classicist. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> I, it just seems like something Tony would do. Yeah. Oh, no, it does. Like he's been building down. Re- tearing down the MetLife as he builds his. And so this is where he is now. So he's only got a little ways to go and then it'll be, all be Stark Tower. Yeah. 
And I, you know, yeah. I really need to go back and see uh, Age of Ultron and see where Stark Tower is at that particular point in time. Like, oh, by that point, is yeah. he done? Yeah, you know? Anything that makes him look bigger than life. I mean, you know, it's Tony Stark. He always got a plan for something. So I'm going to I'm gonna go with the second option that he was waiting for this big reveal. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. That's right. All right. Well, our three heroes, they run up to Grand Central Terminal, and then we hear some strange metallic rumblings coming from the sky. We get this great shot. Uh, this crane shot comes up over them as they tilt their heads up and look toward the sky. And then we cut to a really interesting angle where we are above the clouds looking down on the city. And then we come below the clouds and we reveal that we were actually like we're seeing the the space hole from both sides. It's actually a really interesting way to show that this is a one sided hole. You know, I think it's kind of a cool little effect that we have here. What did you two think of this design? That'd be a great name for a band, too, though. The one sided hole. I love the design, and I love that we get blue goo, and, and that blue goo actually, when pointed skyward, makes a space hole. Um, I, to me, I, this this has always worked to, for me. Like it's always worked that there's, you know, that there's this hole that they've been able to manifest this hole in space, and that's where it's just a dramatic, you know, power move, and and I do like it. I like the visual. I like how it I like how it works. Yeah, I think it's amazing shot. Um, amazing like action shot. I think when you see it the first time though, as a fan, you're like, did we really just go through all this and they still open this hole? Because you already know it's going down. When like the slow reveal of it and the opening of the goo and everything, you're like, Oh my God, we just went through all this. You know, there may not be a lot of, a lot of street left, but we still gonna tear this thing up. Like it's gonna it's gonna ready to go crazy. You know, like it's it's so intense in these films where They've like, they've done so much damage already, but it's like, it's the fight hasn't even started. Like the real fight hasn't even started. And that's always like, as a fan, you're always on the edge of your seats. Like, oh man, this is not good. Like you get that little, that rush of, you know, that adrenaline is coming. Cause you're like, they just did something bad. It's like, uh oh, did it, that didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And it's a good look on the three of them. Like that cut and the, the eyeline cut to the to the space hole is it, it's a good look. It's super dramatic. Like it's and, and I don't actually think for our show, I don't think there could be a better cut. Like I think we're this was just the right way to end it. Yeah. 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 Right on the space hole without seeing what's about to come through. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Good stuff, good stuff. Well, that means it's a good place to wrap it up for today's Minute. We'll be back tomorrow to talk about 107 with Ryan. Uh, Ryan, though, tell everybody about your shows and uh, where people can tune in to listen to you. Uh, you can find me at Black Girl Nerds on all social media platforms, online publication, multimedia. We're doing a lot of live reviews and everything now with the movies just going crazy after the pandemic. They're coming out. I feel like I don't have enough money to keep up with them. <laughs> but we're getting the reviews in and, you know, just giving the, the black girl nerd perspective, you know, different cultural outlook and, you know, keeping it inclusive and changing it up. So, yeah, you guys check it out. Beautiful. Fantastic. We'll have the link in the show notes so everybody can check that. Uh, Ryan, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you. And Pete, thanks as always. Overnight, Andy, uh, Ryan and I, we're going to workshop uh, her new podcast, uh, One Sided Hole. Yes! Uh, I can't wait. I can't yes! wait to see her there. I'm just going to give that up. New IP. <laughs> Sounds good. (laughs) Until next time, true believers.
Marvel Movie Minute is a production of True Story FM, engineering by Andy Nelson. This season's music is Message to the World by Anthony Vega, and this season's show art is by Winston Yabo. Find the show at truestory.fm. If your podcast app allows ratings and reviews, please consider doing that for our show.